Hey everybody, welcome back to A Moment From Mom Podcast. This is your girl, Nyris. Very excited to be back today, um, bringing you guys um, a different topic. Um, a topic, of course, that deals with um, parenting and being a mother. Uh, specifically, this this topic is motherhood with disabilities. Um, I think it's important for us to touch on the different um, different uh, struggles that parents go through um, in different aspects as well. And although I don't have a disability, I know that there's many parents out there that do and that still have to be parents. And it's important for us to to learn about these things and to be aware because you know uh for me i don't know what it's like and i can only imagine as difficult as being a parent is how much more difficult it must be um to be a parent with you know with a disability and the struggles that you go through and um all the things that that occur as a parent just multiply so today you know i'm excited to have a special guest that's gonna you know welcome us into her journey into her into what it's like to to be a parent through her eyes and and what her experiences are so i would like for um to bring her in so I'll be right back. Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome to a moment for mom podcast. Please um, introduce yourself to my guests so they know who you are. All righty. So my name is Adeli. And I'm a mother, just like you and everybody else who listens to your podcast. And yeah, <laughs> how, how many how many kids do you have? Adele? I have two kids, uh, boys, both uh, ages five and nine. Okay, that's 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 interesting ages. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, year olds. So. I know, I know how that is. I know how that is. Um, before we start, I just want to say, I just want to um, say to my listeners that it's weird because I've never personally met you, but we connected through uh, social media and, um, you know, we connected on the motherhood stuff and it was an for me to be able to meet people the way that I met you, although I haven't met you in person, we still connect um, online and, you know, we, we have a lot of things that we we can relate to. So I'm excited to have you. Thank you for joining. Well, thank you for having and, me um, and for voicing this part of motherhood that hardly gets talked about, first of all. Um, it's kind of like a stigma that you don't talk about it, especially in our culture. And no, and I definitely, I think we connected a lot, too, uh, over social media because of the motherhood topic, right? So thank you for having me. Right. 
Yeah, thank you, thank you. So I want you to let um, you have a disability, which is NMO, and just what that is. What is NMO? So NMO is an autoimmune disease, um, almost like multiple sclerosis, but this is a little bit more different because it affects your optical nerve, optic nerve, which is in your eye. And um, thankfully, that's not my case, although my case um, is affected with my muscles, spasticity, um, I have a hard time walking and things like that. So I tend to rely on crutches or canes or sometimes even wheelchairs. Um, and it's basically lesions that you get on your spinal cord. Nobody really knows um, to date how it happens. And just like that, and there is no cure for this um, disease. And it's not contagious. <laughs> right. Um, do you know if it's, it's genetic? So from this disease is so new to the world of science in the, in the sense that it was only like, it was, it was thought to be multiple sclerosis years ago. And it was only about, I want to say 15 to like 20 years ago that they differentiated the NMO from um, MS. So it's like a baby in the world of science. So they don't know, they say that it's not. But, I mean, we don't really know. They, this is kind of like a I don't know type of disease. Right. And when did you get di- diagnosed with um, animal? So I was officially diagnosed in 2016, but I had been having symptoms since 2013. Okay. And mm-hmm. um, do you get treatments? And if so, what are they like? So, yes, um, from the very beginning, I got a whole bunch of steroids because they wanted to calm down the inflammation in my body to try to get me back in a better place. And with steroids come a whole lot of uh, weight gaining. And Lord, did I gain so much weight. (laughs) Um, Yes, I gained almost like 40 pounds, I want to say, just on steroids. Um, and so I'm on a chemo based treatment as well. It's called rituximab. And I get that every six months, basically for the rest of my life until something better comes out. Um, I've let go of the, of the steroids. I'm a very, um, I want to say holistic, but I'm really not that holistic, but I like to take that route. So I try Mm -hmm. to go as natural as I can with the treatments, but I have to do the rituximab. And just last year, I started messing around or, you know, my neuro, my neurologist and me started messing around with a um, treatment called plasmapheresis, which mm-hmm. is basically an exchange of plasma. They take out your old plasma from your, from your blood and replace it either with new plasma called albumin or just donated plasma from, you know, regular people. Um, and that seems to be doing the job for me. That's great. That's great. Happy to hear that. And um, when you got diagnosed, did you already have um, your, your, well, one of your sons? One of yeah. Three. So when I got diagnosed, I already had my older, who's nine years old now, and mm-hmm. my little one, who's five, who just turned five this month. Um, he was born in 2015. Oh. I already had symptoms and my symptoms after birth exacerbated. And so that led me to get diagnosed even quicker because after giving birth, I relapsed without knowing that I had the diagnosis yet. Wow. And how would you say your life has changed since 
being diagnosed. Oof. <laughs> Whoa, that's a big change. Um, so let me just take it back real quick. So before being diagnosed, I was already having symptoms. I was already tripping. I was falling. I was having bladder incontinence. I was just, it was just so many weird things that you can say, oh no, I got bladder incontinence because I already had a child when it really wasn't the case. Or I was just tripping because my ankle or my feet hurt or what the case may be. So there were just so many symptoms that I didn't think that it would be this. So finally, after, um, well, while, while being pregnant, I actually, unfortunately, had falls while being pregnant due to the animal. But obviously, I wouldn't blame it on that because I didn't know I had it. And right. after giving birth, um, I... I was fine for the, you know, the first three months of postpartum. You go through your emotional regular baby blues and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But something after three months hit like, like wildfire. Like I was just literally falling everywhere. I was peeing myself in my sleep from the bladder incontinence. I was like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And so um, it came to a point where I just, I was dragging my leg all the time. I looked like I just, my leg just did not belong in my body. And so um, I finally got fed up and told my doctor, like, something's going on. And we don't know, you know, I don't know what it is. We couldn't figure it out. I went to the ortho, went to all these specialists, and nobody can tell me anything. Um, meanwhile, my son is not even a year old, my little one. And oh God. yeah. So can you imagine I was already going through postpartum depression because something was just wrong with me. Nobody can figure it out. Everybody thought I was going crazy. Meanwhile, I get diagnosed with this and I'm like, this is too much. Like, I'm still going through postpartum. What the heck is NMO? Like, it was just so much. And so right. from there on out, it's more of a journey of accepting it while, um, kind of settling into having two kids at the same time right right mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's a challenge in itself without having something so drastic happen to you right like um being being all of a sudden diagnosed with something as severe as an MO, being a mom is challenging in itself so i can only mm -hmm. imagine you know your whole world just turned turned upside down with having an MO. And um, do you feel that um, this has affected your kids, your husband? Life, yeah. So with my older child, I mean, I know it has affected him for the simple fact that, you know, kids get embarrassed, like, mom, you know, can you just bring your sticks? He calls it, my canes the sticks, right? Can you mm -hmm. just bring your sticks and can we just go to the park? And like, it's not, it, it hurts because I was that mother without the disability at first with my first child. And now I'm with, I'm the mother with the disability with my second child. Mm -hmm. So with my second child, he never knew me before I was quote unquote normal. Right. Right. But my first child did. And so my first child remembers like, oh, we used to go out. We used to do this. We used to do that. And now, you know, can you just bring your sticks? Can we just go? Can you bring your bicycle? It's um, a walking bicycle that I have. It's called the A-Linker. And I was like, right. Bubby, it's not that easy for me to just get dressed and go and just, you know, drive somewhere. And, you know, to make sure that they're safe, like, it's not safe for me to go somewhere without knowing that I can, I know I can shelter you if something was to happen. 
So it is hard. And then on my partner, it's super hard. You know, we own a business. So on top of owning a business, um, we have to deal with my health. And if I have to go to the hospital for whatever reason, I'm usually in the hospital for a good week, which means he has to be in like that single dad mode and, you know, make sure the kids are fed, the kids are showered, like everything that we go through as moms, my husband kind of has to go through it while I'm in the hospital for whatever reason, or if I'm not feeling well, or if I'm really like just paralyzing at the moment and I can't move, he knows he has to take over. So the responsibility for him has gotten even bigger, um, which I'm kind of grateful for because I feel like dads kind of need that push yeah. of being more, <laughs> you know, like yeah. <laughs> being so more, I'm like, more, more involved. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, that bueno que te pase. Right. <laughs> but at the same time I feel guilty because I'm like I'm the mom I should be doing these things but it took a while for me to understand it's okay I need to recover first before I can be there for you right right what would you say is um the most difficult part of having a disability other than the obvious like having a disability and being a mom I think the most difficult part is the, is the part that you don't see, which is the emotional and the mental part. You have to be strong, right, for your kids. Right. You have to be the strongest person for them because you're the person they come to for anything, for any right. little boo-boos or any little problems they have at school mm-hmm. or at daycare, whatever the case may be. And the, the part that, you know, you can't just go out there and resolve the problem so it's easy because physically you can't, hurts the part that um you know you have to you know there are days where I cry I cry because I can't get up and make dinner because of the amount of pain and spasticity that I have in my legs and it took me a while to be like you know what I'm just gonna order it's okay my kids are not gonna die because we have pizza for dinner one night you know right (laughs) yeah so I think the most important thing is like your mental, your emotional, like, and just, you know, I was very, before I came out with Fab NMO or NMO, I just was like, very like, no, I tripped or I had an accident or this happened to me. And I was coming up with excuses and I just was tired of it. I'm like, why do I have to lie about something that's happening to me? Um, and so basically I just, I just became an open book with my kids. I was like, listen, this is what I'm going through. I know you're not going to understand it. Mommy has a leg problem. We can't do this sometimes. We can't do that. But you can definitely go out with your grandma and do it. Or you can go out with your aunt or a friend and do it if it's, you know, okay with us. So it's kind of learning how to accept that the fun part or I guess, yeah, kind of like the fun part of parenting. I kind of have to let it go. Like, I just can't go to a fun park like, you know, Six Flags or Disney World. Like, I can't. I mean, I could in a wheelchair, but I, you know... He, he's gonna feel weird the kids are gonna feel weird that everybody's staring at me which at this point I really don't care but I know they care right. so it's kind of like showing them emotionally you really don't need to care what people think about us yeah it's 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 tough I mean it sounds it sounds hard for you because I know that as a mom we go through our own mental um roller coaster I would that's mm-hmm. what I like the word I like to use because we have days that we're great we have days that we're okay we have days that we're not and we have days that we just don't want to do anything you know and mm-hmm. it's hard to be your best self all the time even when you 
you know, when you have kids and that's what they want from you because they come to you for everything. So I guess my thing is because, right, I, 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 I see it from the perspective of, you know, my struggles with motherhood are probably similar to a lot of moms. You know, we have our days and, mm-hmm. you know, there's days that you just don't want to and you battle with yourself with the guilt, like, oh, my God. You know, like, like you said, yeah. oh my God, I couldn't, I didn't cook today. I gave him pizza for lunch or, you know, and then it's like, it's like convincing yourself. It's okay that they ate pizza twice in a row for lunch. Like who cares? Mm-hmm. As long as, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so I can only imagine. That's exactly what it is. Right. So my, my, my question to you is how do you get from the point of, like where you were in the beginning of total kind of like feeling, I'm going to say feeling like shit, you know, because you're like, where the hell did this come from to like feeling where you are now? Because like, I don't know you, but from your pictures and your posts and your, and your YouTube and stuff, you have a very, um, what was the word? You have like a bright personality, you know what I'm saying? And to go through everything you're going through, you have to, and I know you don't feel like that every day, but still it resonates through your, through your pictures and your videos and stuff. So how do you get from where you were to where you are now? Thank you. Yes. A lot of people tell me that. And honestly, it's crazy because it's one of those things that a lot of people tell me and I don't see it, but then there are days where I'm like, oh, you know what? I am fab, so whatever. But um, you are, you are, yeah, you are, <laughs> definitely are. I feel like, on on honestly, when I was diagnosed and had my child, my little one, I was finishing college because um, I didn't finish college because I had my first son. So I I went back to school. I had a really stressful job, and the same time we were planning an opening of our family business. I, I had a lot going on. I was I was used to being that career woman. Mm-hmm. Um, while having one child, which was easy at that time, right? You have one child, you can pick up and go anywhere. But yeah, when you have two, it's a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's emotionally, like I said, emotionally, it's it's way more harder than what it looks like. Um, and I can tell you that I'm not a church person. Like when I say I'm not a church person, like I'm not in church every Sunday. You know, I'm that person that goes once a year to church yeah (laughs) and this year we didn't even go because of COVID-19 but (laughs) but I started honestly I just started praying I just started praying and I don't even know how to pray and I just was like talking to God and just you know it really just came down to what I wanted to believe in myself so if I woke up one day and and I put some salsa in the morning or una musica that I was like, okay, cool, we're good. I knew I was going to have a good day because I was in a good mood and I just had to keep that momentum going for myself. Um, and just like that, one of the things that helped me get through everything was, believe it or not, this may sound so dumb, but makeup. Like I literally would just put makeup on and I'm like, oh, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm feeling cute. <laughs> it does wonders. It and- does wonders. It does wonders not only to the face, but to the spirit, too. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm feeling great. Let me put this red lipstick on. I nobody can, you know, nobody can handle me today, even though I was walking, you know, very crazy. But you felt <laughs> um, inside. It, 
you felt great, which is what matters at the end yeah. of the day. Yes, and you know, you have those days. I well, I have you have everybody has those days where you just feel like crap. So, but when I feel like crap, it's like I get start getting paralyzed. My legs don't want to move. I can't even like walk around my house, and then I feel worse. And then the crying comes. And you know, there are times where I just sit there and cry with my husband. I'm like, just listen to me talk, Ronnie, because. I just need to get things out of my chest. I feel like a horrible mother because I can't take him to, you know, Chuck E. Cheese or I can't take him to the local trampoline park. And he's like, you're fine. Right. That's germ fest and you don't need to be right, there. Right, right, <laughs> right. It's like we always, mm-hmm. we always um, think that being a mom means X, Y, and Z. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, um, it's hard. It's hard either way, you know. Um, what is your daily routine now with your kids? I'm not talking about now with COVID nineteen. I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> now, like girl, don't we all got one? <laughs> I mean, now, like with, um, after you got diagnosed versus before. So my daily routine has changed constantly. And when I say change constantly, like it has changed like every six months due to the fact that um, my my disease has progressed. And as my disease progressed, I kept getting worse or I keep getting worse. So, for example, in the beginning, I was still I was working in the city um, uh, in Boston. So I had like an hour and a half commute, almost two sometimes. Um, and I would work and I would come back, you know, and I, w- I was really trying my best to keep that life because I like working and I like being on about and being social. Um, but then it came to the point where I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't work. I couldn't go to school part time and at the same time come home and do dinner and do laundry. I just couldn't do it. So, um, that's when I decided, okay, maybe I can hire somebody to help me. And I hired somebody, a lady, which she's really nice. She comes, she cleans, she does my laundry and all that good stuff, you know, kind of like a regular person that comes to clean your house. Um, But then it became, okay, so let's work from home. And at that time already we had opened the business. And so I just was working from home. And then there were just events that I had to go to, um, say, uh, you know, openings or things like that, just stuff that I had to go to. And that's when I was getting hard because at this point I was in crutches, you know, dressed up with blazers and nice stuff. And here I am with crutches. I'm like, these crutches are horrible. Who like invented these ugly crutches <laughs> that doesn't go with my blazer? It doesn't even go with anything I'm wearing. Like they're so ugly. Like, they, you know, they came an embarrassment phase too. Cause it's like, this is so embarrassing. Everybody's looking at me and I'm all here cute and stuff. <laughs> um you know and that that's another phase too that you go through it's like oh this is so embarrassing everybody's looking at me I gotta take a wheelchair um but then I just I had to decide like I'm just completely gonna stay home and just work from home and I you know with the family business and me working with the other place that I was working with I had to kind of just be like hey I can't do both um I'm just gonna sit with my family business you know we can do it which is Great. Um, and I'm just going to focus, you know, I, I saw it as God's way of saying, like, you need to be a stay-at-home mom and be there for your mm-hmm. boys type of thing. Um, and I just wasn't used to that. I've been working since I was 16 years old. So I've not, I don't know what it is not to right. work. So it was a very big adjustment mm-hmm. for me. Um, yeah. And um, 
what change in your life has been the most difficult to adjust to? Um, the change most biggest in my life that has been difficult to adjust to is communication. And I want to say communication because it's not only communication with my partner, um, communication on a kid level with mm-hmm. my kids, communication on a family level with my family, with my mom, with my sister, with everybody around me who, you know, helped me tremendously with everything that I've gone through. Um, you know, just telling them what I need. Like, I'm not one to be asking you like, oh, can you go to the supermarket and buy me? some cereal like that's not me I rather instacart it or I rather you know tell my husband or wait or you know be hungry until I get something like I'm just not that person to ask for help and you know communication and asking for help has been one of the hardest things that I've had to learn how to be and deal with mm-hmm. it's hard asking for help when you have when you've been so independent all your life and now all of a sudden you have to depend on other yeah. people and um, would you say that, I mean, you mentioned your family and said that they've helped you a lot. Well, um, do you feel like they have helped, um, significantly with your kids with, during, for this transition? Yeah. Um, thankfully my mother is nearby me, so she's been my number one and it's crazy because I don't know for you, but for me, when I was a teenager, I was, you know, I was that teenager that was arguing, arguing with my mother and being like a <laughs> rebel. <laughs> and now I'm like, I can't even imagine my life without right, you. Right, <laughs> right. That's how it is. That's how it is. Yeah, that was me as a teenager back in my young 20s. I was always arguing and stuff. And now after having my kids and, you know, seeing what it is to be a mother and seeing that, you know, she gave so much more than her 100%. It hurts me that I can't, you know, that I can't do it because of the disability. But she always makes sure to, like, right. step in and be like, what do you need? Let me go get the kids. I'm going to take the kids out today. Or, you know, she knows because I can't just jump in the car and be like, I'm going to go to the the, the museum right, right. or the aquarium today. Like, you know, she'll be like, I'm going to get the kids and we're going to go out and don't call right. me. Kind of to be like, you know, we try to relax type of thing. And I'm like, what do you mean don't call you? <laughs> But at least she's, I mean, at least you have that, um, you have yes. to help you because, you know, yes. imagine yeah. you didn't, you know, it'd just be that much harder for you to kind of no, feel a little bit more normal if, if you know, quote unquote, yes. if you want to use that word. Um, what mm-hmm. are some of the things that you used to be able to do with your, well, with your one son that now you can't? And you missed. Oh, I used to be able to just get up and go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> like I was that target mom that I would like just stay in the cart. Here's here's a pack of goldfish. I'm gonna just go look and touch and buy what right. I wanted. <laughs> you know, I used to just miss little things like that. I don't even go to the supermarkets no more because it's just the supermarkets is big and it's hard for me to just hold on to that cart and walk around. Like I get tired. Um, the last few times that I did go to the supermarket, I had to hop on those electric um, wheelchair mm-hmm. scooter things. And the first time that happened, I was in tears. I was crying. I'm like, oh, 
get the milk and we gotta get the meat and I was just so embarrassed it's like a, you know a, a reality reality check yeah things that you used to yeah yes and so that I really missed this getting up and going wherever I wanted to you know if we wanted to go for ice cream hey let's just go get ice cream and come back like I just can't get in the car and just hop on and just do something anymore and that really hurts because it's kind of like that private moment that a lot of people now in days with COVID-19 kind of want to do right. but they can't right so everybody who's living this COVID-19 this is what my life has become and now I'm like oh now you're getting a taste right. of my life right. and what I'm going right. through and what I've been going through and now you're going through it and you see how it right. sucks no and now people <laughs> can be a little bit more you know sensitive and a little bit uh, uh more understanding towards not only you just a general because you know there's millions of parents who um have disabilities and and have to figure out just like you like you know I can't do the things that I used to do not because you don't want to it's just you can't you know and and it's hard and I feel like mm-hmm. we live in a world where um there's certain things that people just don't want to talk about and and well not that they don't want to talk about it people just don't talk about it people don't care to talk about it and people are very insensitive about you know a lot of things especially when it comes to to, to women you know and I know that I feel like yeah I feel like also because we're in an era where social media is such a heavy Mm -hmm. presence in our life that it is being talked about now. And I feel like there's a huge community of disabled parents that are coming out, you know, a lot. Although I came out with my NMO last year, I have so many people write to me on a, you know, every time I drop a video on YouTube or just a simple little post, oh, I have NMO or I have MS and how do you do it and what do you do? And it's like, wow, the reason I did what I did too was because I couldn't find somebody like me. I couldn't find somebody like me. Everybody who had like an autoimmune disease was like old and and like right. done, you know? <laughs> it wasn't like it, it wasn't like they just had a baby or they were young and and you know, they had a life. Well not I'm not saying that they didn't have a life, but I just couldn't find somebody relatable to me. And that's why I decided to be like, you know what? I'm just going to be open about this. Because I'm sure there's a hundred other people who are just like me. I, 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 I think it's, it's um, amazing that you, um, you got the courage to just share your story, you know, because it takes, it takes a lot for us as individuals to, want to be um, vulnerable and transparent with the world because in reality, you know, people are going to have opinions and you're not going to be likable to everyone, you know, and that was my case too. I wanted to share my postpartum journey and it took me a while, but I did it mostly for me, you know, and, and I've gotten like you, I've gotten yeah. emails, I've gotten texts, I've gotten DMs from people that I don't even know. And, and it's, it makes me feel so good because it's like, I want people I want moms women to feel um to not feel embarrassed about talking about your journey because it's it's a reality everybody's life is not Mm -hmm. um social media perfect that that's that's not the way that Mm -hmm. it is you know when I yeah when I first found your podcast I was like oh my god this is so me plus more this is so me plus disability this is so me plus this 
And I was like, oh my God, yes. Like, why aren't more mm-hmm. people talking about this? And I feel like, again, we live in an era where, where social media is the main presence of our lives. And we can communicate and share everything that we were going through. And although we're going to be judged, but honestly, I feel like when you make the decision to expose yourself, at that exactly. point, you just don't even care. But what even people still, are with say. social media, I feel like people are masking their reality. So it could look more like mm-hmm. a, a, um, social media acceptable. You know what I'm saying? Because even for my mm-hmm. topics, you know, as to me, I find, I feel like the topics are not, um, they're nothing out of this world. It's stuff that moms go through every single day. And I have to, sometimes mm-hmm. I have to struggle to find people, women and, and, and even men that want to volunteer and share and speak up because it's, it's intimidating, you know, it's intimidating and, and it's scary to put your stuff out there. So, you know, I, I yeah, commend you definitely. for doing that because it takes a lot. It takes a lot of courage. And I think that, you know, your, your story and your journey is very important, you know? Thank you. Thank you very much. And I also, to add to that is, you know, who's behind you to support you that made you take that step, you know? I know that when I decided to to just come out with my NMO because I was so tired of people asking me, get the pasta, what's wrong mm-hmm. with you, what's going on? And I had to, like, make up lies, like, oh, I had a car accident, or I twisted my ankle, mm-hmm. or I got a, you know, my leg is not, it's, it's fell asleep. I was so tired of making up lies, and I just, one night, talked to my husband. I was like, how do you feel if I just exposed this? He's like, um, I commend you 100% and I support you 100%. He's like, I'm sure there's so many other people like you that don't want to come out and say that they have something. So I feel like the support that surrounds you, I'm sure before you created this podcast, mm-hmm. you talked to your husband. Hey, what do you think about this? And, you know, the support that you get from your own spouse or from your friends and your family makes you work up the courage yep. to do yep. what you do. Definitely true. Definitely true. Um. Have you ever felt mm-hmm. um, incapable of parenting, being a mom, because of your disability? Um, I don't feel incapable. Um, never felt incapable. I felt frustrated, yeah, but never incapable. I, you know, raising boys, mm-hmm. which I know you have boys. Um, from what I heard, it's it very, different very different from raising girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, my boys are very active, just like any other boys. They love to jump around. You know, they're mm-hmm. into the whole superhero thing. And one of these days, I'm like, we're going to go to the hospital with a broken leg because y'all mm-hmm. just want to jump off stairs and stuff. So, <laughs> um, I don't feel incapable, no, because um, even though my physical to get to them as fast as I can to discipline them is not what it should be supposedly come, you know, with my walking wise, my voice and my facial expression <laughs> makes up for that. So, <laughs> so if they're across the room and they did something, Oh, my voice is heard. I think in, the, in my whole neighborhood, <laughs> So I, I know they respect me, which makes me feel good that they, they're not like, oh, mommy can't do anything because, you know, she can't run after us right, in the right. or mm-hmm, whatever because mm-hmm. she can't catch up to us. Um, they know that when I catch them, I catch them. So I don't feel incapable. I just sometimes feel like, 
now I'm that mo- I'm that parent that's very like forgiving like fine you can have an extra snack I'm not gonna do whatever you know like I'm just very forgiving now and I'm just letting them be more kids rather than be the hard parent because I was that hard parent before I was that parent that you know there's always a good parent in their eyes and a right. fun parent and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, disciplined parent which is the bad parent so too. I was that I'm bad, the bad, I'm the bad in my house I always say that. <laughs> I'm okay yeah, with it. That's I, it. I'm not, no more feeling I, guilty I wanna, about it. That's it. Yeah, like, no. It's that, I feel like if you're not that person in the real world, it's going to show right. them who right. that person's going to be, you know? So I feel like I was that parent to the extra extent. But then when all this happened, I was like, why am I being so hard? Like, I'm already going through stuff myself. I don't need to be as hard on them. And you know, with with me going through what I was going through with NMO, I felt like my emotions were coming off on them. With that being said, when I had my second child, I you know, with the depression that I was going through, postpartum mixing with the with this new disease, I can tell my second son felt my depression. Yeah, yeah if that makes sense. He he definitely felt my. He's a very emotional child. And he definitely felt it, and it took it took time for me to realize that I was the problem in his emotional life. So if I didn't get myself fixed, he wasn't gonna mm-hmm. be a happier kid. I want to say. Um. So yeah, it was it was hard, but girl, now I don't feel invincible. I'm parents <laughs> into the fullest, Dominican style. <laughs> no joke How on has, that. Um... How has quarantine affected you and your family? Um, I honestly, I'm loving this. Although, like, it's crazy. I'm loving this time. I really am loving this time because my five year old's gonna go into kindergarten this fall, which means no more daycare, no more preschool, mm-hmm. you know, no more babying. So I get, I feel like I get this time with him, and I get to like really, um prep him you know really show him like this is what's gonna happen in school when you go like this is my baby like this is you know I have no more babies in diapers I'm like this is my little baby and I gotta show him and with my nine-year-old he's loving it because I'm not strict on we gotta get up at seven because we gotta do schoolwork by 8 30 like I'm just like sleeping when we get up we get up we'll you know eat breakfast and we'll just get right, started in our right. day because it's not like we got anywhere to go right so I'm, they're, yeah, they're actually loving it, you know, uh, at the beginning. Yeah. Like at the beginning, it was a little weird. Like, it was like, what do we do? How do we get things done? But now it's like, we've gone into a habit and routine. Like, we'll just wake up when we wake up. I figured, you know, um, there's a Spanish mm-hmm. saying that the more you sleep, the taller you get. <laughs> so I'm like, just sleep on and we'll get up when we get up and we'll have our morning time and we'll talk and then we'll get ready with school because it's not like anybody's waiting for us. So I'm not so strict on that. Um, what advice would you give um, to parents that are struggling with disabilities and also parents who are not disabled? What advice would you give them? So first the parents that are not disabled is to get, you know, there's another thing that you're drowning in a right. cup that's not even full of water, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and it sounds better in Spanish than in English. 
I, to parents who are not disabled, again, because I know I was both parents, you have it so good, mm-hmm. it's not even funny. And, you know, you're, you're able to just go to the park or play catch or run or walk them in the stroller or do all these things with your child that a parent with a disability like myself cannot do. Um, and I'll use my vacation. We used, we went to vacation last year to the Dominican. And when you go to vacation to these countries that are not equipped to have disabled people, you know, in a building or wherever you may be going to, it's hard. So right now, then you have to think about your child's emotional, um, you know, I guess it's not an emotional need, but more emotional of attention kind of thing. And to show them and basically say, hey, it's okay that they're looking at mommy or daddy. You know, it's just, it's very different. So what, to a parent who is not disabled, enjoy every moment of activity, outdoor activity you can. Because imagine right. your legs were got chalked off tomorrow. What are you going to do? You know, you can't just go for ice cream. And so really, for a parent who's able to do so, enjoy your child to the fullest. Because it's not worth stressing the little things of, oh, you didn't pick up your room or you didn't pick up that shoe off the floor. It's mm-hmm. not really not worth it. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, your health is what matters. Um, and to parents who are disabled, it's hard. I know it's hard. Emotionally, it's so hard because you have to deal with your own emotions, your child's emotion, especially if a child doesn't understand what's going on with you. Um, it's hard. And I would say reach out to a community either on Facebook or somewhere on social media where you can be able to vent to people who actually understand what's going on with you because that's how I ended up just, you know, letting a lot go from my feelings. I was reaching out to what's called the Spoonie. A Spoonie is a person with an uh, autoimmune disease, a Spoonie community, and just hey, are you guys parents? How the heck do you do this? Like, how are you guys doing this? And, you know, the ideas were exchanged. Oh, we use Instacart or we use this or this food place is delivering and that's that. And, you know, this is what we do at home since we can't go to the the parks and the rides and things like that. Um, yeah, so I think reaching out to people who are alike and not being shy about it is a key. Communication is key. So I was saying that um, in speaking to you, you always have um, moments where, you know, you kind of have to take a step back and and appreciate the position you're in, you know, because, of course, we all we all go through our moments of, ah, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's normal and natural for it to happen. But, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful that I was able to speak to you and, you know, meet you, even if it's by the phone and, and learn, learn about your journey and learn, you know, that parenting as it is, is, is hard. And, and with the disability is, is, is even harder and it's more challenging. And, you know, um, I'm grateful to have had you to um, share your story with us. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm grateful that you actually shed light on, you know, your podcast with, a moment for mom because a moment for mom includes parents with a disability like myself so right. thanks for the opportunity yeah thank you thank you and hopefully you know we can collab again with, um, in the future and we'll keep in touch 
Yes. Thanks again. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So that's the end of the podcast. And wow, it's um, all I can say, you know, um, just listening to her speak and, and share her story and her journey, you, you, you take for granted a lot of things that, you know, that you get up and do easily and, and that you have accessible. Um, and I couldn't help but think about what we're going through now with the quarantine um, because of the COVID-19 and her story, she, she abruptly got shut down from doing the things that she normally was able to do easily. And that's what happened to all of us. We, we, we were, we were um, stopped from our privileges. And although um, for us, the, this is going to end soon and, and hopefully, you know, and we'll be able to do the things that we want to. But for her, that's not the case. And, you know, it just sheds light on the things that we have to appreciate and not take for granted and, and understand that. There's people out there that are struggling, that are going through things that they don't necessarily share. And so, you know, I I always say, um, if you have to be something, choose to always be nice because you just never know what a person is going through. Um, You never know what their struggles are. And it, it, it doesn't hurt to be nice. It doesn't hurt to give someone a smile. And, um, to be, to be a little bit, um, a a little bit more easygoing and a little bit more sensitive to others because, you know, like, like my guest, she, she's struggles with her disability and the things that she can't do. And, and it's a, and it's something that she, she deals with on a daily basis. So, you know, I truly hope you guys enjoyed this session as much as I do. And I hope that you guys can share, um, my share my my podcasts share my info share my pages and and um hope you guys continue to tune in tune in and i'll be continuing to show and speak about the topics that that are reality to all of us and i hope you guys enjoyed and tune in for the next next one and catch you on the flip side